Hey, Rage. How's it going, dude? All right. It's been a while. Yeah. This band's my favorite. Don't you love them? Yeah, it's going to be the best. I'm so stoked. Hey, girl. You want a beer? All right. Aw, oh, man. This is the best. I'm so glad we're all back together and stuff. This is great. Hey, um, do you guys know about the party after the show? Yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to go, but um, my friends don't really want to go. Can I get a ride? Welcome to We Are Weezer, episode 10, Michael and Carly special episode. Hello, everybody. It is going to be a special episode. It is. I'm so excited. Not only are we going to discuss Michael and Carly, uh, truly in a discussion format. I don't. We're not going to rate this song. No ratings for Michael and Carly. It goes without saying that it's really good. It's a 10 or a 15. It's, it's 500. 6,784 out of 10. 2 million and 5. Yeah. So no rating. True back and forth. Uh, we will also be interviewing... A, Eli. We will be interviewing a fan clubber, mm-hmm. Eli. Uh, we can do last names because we're all in the fan club together, right? Mm, no, last, I, I don't think we should. We've never done last name. That's true. Well, we're going to keep, well, because the rest of the world might not be in the fan club and know him, so. Eli, we're protecting you. Yes, you're welcome. And uh, when we go in the garage today, we are technically going to go into the garage with Dual Rachel. garaging it. Well, really, it's going to be like sit around the fire and hear stories about the early Weezer fan club days because none of the other hosts of this show were present for that. But Rachel over here has, uh, in, in, besides the omnibus, she has her own <laughs> pictorial history of what it was like How to cool be in the fan that? club back then. Pictures with Carl and Michael and Carly and the band. I just showed uh, Rick my photo album from when I was a kid and I had a birthday cake that said that I love Weezer on it. I have like a good... 10 pictures from the Pinkerton concert um, where I got to see the opening. What is that? Record opening? The record release record party release show? thing. Um, I've got a picture of Carl and me and Michael and Carly. It's so and cool. And all the dudes' signatures. Um, I had pen pals. So I have like uh, Weezer pictures from England. It's pretty cool. Cool stuff. I'll share it. I'm looking at all of her stuff, and I'm so jealous that I was 11 and couldn't go anywhere. And probably not thinking about Weezer? In 1996, because yeah, I didn't know Pinkerton existed, so I think I was listening to... God, I have no, no idea what in yeah. 1996. I don't know what I was listening to at 11. I know that like next year... Oh, Maybe no, I was Beast? listening to Filter a lot. Okay. For some reason. <laughs> I, I listened to... I was a nerd. I liked like Bette Midler and the B-52s. Rock Lobster. <laughs> it was uh, Love Shack. Yeah. The B-52s are good. They're still good. I think that was like fifth grade though. So how old are you in fifth grade? 10, 11 usually. Okay. Depending yeah. on when you were born. There you go. Uh, but yes. before we get into some stuff, we're going to talk about things we like this week. Yes. Um, so <laughs> if you listened to the uh, announcement of Pacific Daydream and the premiere of Mexican Fender, you heard a song by a hip-hop artist named Vic Mensa that included uh, a sample from The Good Life from Pinkerton as well as a little bit of Rivers at the end. It was called Homewrecker. It's so good. It's it's pretty good. I actually bought the album because of this. Hmm. I, uh, I enjoy it quite a bit. 
You can hear that great sample in the background. We know that Rivers, for one, was shocked. He's like, how did you sample such an unknown indie record? And Vic blew his mind. He's like, I love Guns N' Roses and Nirvana. Music people are music people. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what their genre is. Yeah. I mean, he knows that, too, after working with Jermaine and yeah, the, Wayne. The musical artist is not their genre. They just do it, do what they do in a genre. But I feel like they exactly. have respect for everything. Exactly. Yeah. But um, And Rivers, too. This Vic Mensa guy, super talented. Uh, it's hip hop right where I like it. Uh, very artistic and the wording is extremely dense and complicated and the verses are, they go forever. The lyric book look on this looks like a, looks like the instruction manual for a space shuttle. Oh, does it? It's very dense lyrically. But really good stuff. Really emotional stuff. He has a nice voice too. It doesn't he hurt does. my ears. He does, nice to listen to. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Kanye a little bit. Yeah, he, well that's, I think they're, um, Pierce. Oh, okay. I think, I think he works with Kanye. Same label or the rapper something? Too. No, okay. I just think they, like a collective, like an art collective of rappers or hip-hop artists, they tend to like group together in ways and collaborate. Yeah. I don't know a lot about rapper hip-hop, but I super duper dig this song. And I Me like too. the album too. Yeah. Add this to the list of hip-hop that I'll listen to. Okay. Added. Yeah. And we know that um, near the end somewhere, Rivers comes in. Is this it? No, it's later on. Okay. But uh, what else this week? Oh. oh, Queens of the Stone Age. Oh my God, Queens of the Stone Age released a new album. And it and is It's called wonderful. Villains. It's, it's the follow-up to Light Clockwork, which is probably their best record. It is so good. I love it so much. I love them so much. They're up there. I, I would not never, if they're here, I'm going to see them. Yeah, I've never seen Queens of the Stone Age, so if I get a chance to, I will. Um this record is is something else you guys if, so far if you so like good. queens it gets the we are weezer uh 10 out of 10 6000 out of 15 or whatever the rating is this week for queens yes what's your favorite song so far my favorite song is fortress because it is uh, an emotional mid-tempo song that is written for his children and it's all about how the the pain that we all feel as we grow up no matter what unfortunately we experience it alone and he has to watch it happen, but if their world falls apart, he can always come to them. So it says, if your fortress fails, you're always safe in mine. And it's just beautiful. I flip and love that song. I'm going to play a little bit of it right now. It's just beautiful. Have you listened to this song very much? I listened to the whole CD like t- 10 times already, but I'm at work, so it's hard to... Hard to what? See, we're just sitting here listening. That's a good pod. It's hard to um, hear it. You yeah, know, I'm listening full to it in the background while I'm working, but it's hard to like you know feel it. Um, so I gotta my, for me, I gotta listen to it loud in the car. Oh yeah, the car test. The car yeah. test is the most <laughs> important. What's uh, your favorite song? I like Villains of Circumstance. Ah, the it's big so album closer. Dreamy. The big album closer. It's, I don't know, it starts off, I think it starts off kind of quiet, and I don't know, I just love, um, there's like, I don't know how to explain the dreamy part, but it's like his his voice is so good when he's being like kind of romantic. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, because he's not, he's just, that's just how he is. He's like, he's 
Have you heard him speak? He's sexy. I, I have to say, like, that's just probably, and in real life, he probably really is. But that's mean, how he comes off. If you've ever heard him speak, I swear to God, there's no difference between Hami, the speaker, and the singer. He was on a Anthony Bourdain where, for like a full episode, because they're cool like that, I guess. And they were just like hanging out, and he seemed like just like a super awesome dude. Yeah, I'd love to meet him. He's intimidatingly tall. I saw him once with his son at a comic book shop in Sherman Oaks. Saw See him. the buildup? Oh, then it's the... so beautiful, right? Saw them as they were walking out, and his little son is like itty-bitty little baby thing, and Aww. Josh Hami's towering over Gigantic. him. Yeah, probably got some Spidey comics, I hope. Isn't it romantic? I don't know. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah, we, we definitely love Weezer the most here, but our, our rock tastes go all over. Yeah. But yeah, go pick this up. Spotify it, stream it, buy the CD, do something. Yes. It's on, I have, I have a, a I've already added this to my Riders on the, on the Storm Sexy Smooth playlist. Is that your title? <laughs> That's the title. That's a wonderful title for a, for a playlist. Yeah. Right, are you a Doors fan? Oh, big, gigantic Doors fan. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Huge, we never talk about the Doors. Huge Doors fan. Um, Pink Floyd, Doors, Beatles. Who else? Uh, I've got. I, when you put me on the spot like that, even though I have 22,000 songs like? in my Google library, I'm like, <laughs> I don't like anybody, apparently. I can't think of a single band. I like Weezer. Weezer, Queens of the Stone Age, Garbage, Blur. Yeah. Is another one I never get tired of. Uh, gorillas. Oh, I can answer this else. question. Uh, Nine Inch Nails is really? like number two okay. below Weezer. Um, uh, Trent Reznor is one of the most brilliant artists, period, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I was just telling my wife that more so than a lot of bands that I like, the quality of his music has really just shifted from either good to great. It's never fallen below that. And I feel like he's got this incredible commitment to his art, uh, the way it looks, the way it sounds. And the same thing as a composer. I mean, if you've heard his scores for The Social Network or Girl with the Dragon Tattoo or yeah. Gone Girl, he's doing a documentary about Vietnam with Ken Burns. Wow. Pre-ordered that soundtrack. That but sounds really uplifting. Right now, um, this is something else that if you guys listening like Nine Inch Nails, go to the NIN store, store.nin.com uh, and... If you can hack the $80 price tag, order the 4LP version of The Fragile Deviations 1. It is mm-hmm. a reworked version of The Fragile, arguably Nine Inch Nails' best record. Okay. Where, What's on that one? Well, so all of the songs that originally had lyrics have been stripped of them, and they're instrumentals. Ooh. All the songs that were originally instrumentals are alternate versions, and there's 12 songs on there that no one's ever heard before. So if you're a fan, your head has exploded after saying that, right? I've listened to it so many times. I It is... I, I mentioned something like this on a Nine Inch Nails fan forum, but it blows my mind that how good of a composer Trent Reznor is was obvious even back in 1997. Years and years or excuse me, 1999, years and years before he was a film composer, when you strip away his vocals, because his vocals on that record are omnipresent, he's so loud and aggressive, Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful composition. You could put it on a movie. You could play it live with an orchestra. You could, it's brilliant. It's this two and a half hour. their hit? I think I confuse them with um, Tool a lot, but. That's understandable in terms of kind of the way the bands feel, but Mm -hmm. the music's pretty different. Uh, The song Closer, I I Want to F You Like an Animal. Okay. 
Well, and that wouldn't really encompass their their sound, right? Like, I mean, it's arguably their most famous song. Right. I, I can't think of a song that most people know more than Than closer. that one, yeah. I yeah. think everybody knows that one. But yeah, I've been listening to a lot of good music this week. Um, most especially um, Nine Inch Nails. Okay. And it's I've funny. I've been listening to Queens of the Stone Age all week. Ever since we started this podcast, I listen to Le- uh, I listen to Weezer the least. Okay. Because I already I, my knowledge of it is encyclopedic, and it's Weezer's now occupying a very different space in my life than what it used to. It's like uh, become a bit of uh, not my wor- vocation. Don't say words. No, not no. at all. It's 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 like it's my vocation. You know what I mean? Yeah, Weezer has occupied a very different place in my life than it used to it's become my vocation you know so much of my time is now uh preparing for the podcast mm-hmm. talking about weezer and of course i listen to all the songs as research so it is very fun to to hear weezer from such a different angle but uh before we get to song discussion this is the big nine inch nails hit oh <laughs> everybody knows this song yeah but I, so i was kind of like if you could tell us what is their, what song would like, if you didn't know Nine Inch Nails and it wasn't this song, what Not would really tell you who they are? Um, that's hard. I mean, Hurt. The song Hurt. Is that the one where it's Johnny Cash? Well, it's Trent Reznor wrote it. It's I mean, a Nine Inch Nails song to start with. What? Yeah, it's originally Nine Inch Nails song. Okay, I think I knew that. But then Johnny Cash covered it. Yeah, Rick Rubin. Our, Get out of our town. Our Santa Claus Beach Hobo. No. Yeah, he produced all of the albums called American Recordings with Johnny Cash. It's so good. And he said, hey, we want to do Hurt. And Trent Reznor was honored. Of course. Yeah. When I hear Johnny Cash sing this song, it makes me cry. Yeah. Okay, well then I yeah, like this. The, this song, I guess. But I can if get you, behind this one way more than I can get behind the I feel like an animal. It's yeah, like I feel like though if you it's very nice. If you heard this song first and then heard any of their other music that's aggressive, you'd be like, "Oh my god, what's happening?" Because Nine Inch Nails music is pretty insane sometimes. But this one is a good one. Yeah, but when you realize that Nine Inch Nails is not a band for the most part, that it's just Trent, Him. yeah, it then you're impressed. All even the, even more remarkable. And for yeah. the first time ever, there's actually two members. Well, now, and people probably don't know that. Composer. I no, mean, it, I mean, it's so um, noisy. The entire loud. band. All the music and and the vo- and the vocals is one guy, and that's impressive when yeah. you like. He has a live band, and I think he has collaborators. But for the first time, um, his collaborator for all of the music scores is now an official band member, Atticus Ross. So for the first time, Nine Inch Nails is two people. Well, of course, his name has to be Atticus. I mean, I know my my Elizabeth, my wife, she said something very similar. She's <laughs> like, "Of course, he has to have the coolest name ever. He's yeah. British, right? I'm like, yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Rick Ocasek. <laughs> a little bit." Actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, there's uh, like a less melted it's a version. Thing. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, um, folks, we're very excited about song discussion this week. Yes. We'll be right back with you in just a few moments. Yes. Oh 
Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Hi. We are here to discuss Michael and Carly, the fabled originators of the Weezer fan club. The most important bands of all, I guess, or infamous? Wait. Infamous, most important, Fan historically club members, relevant. Number one and two. Literally number one and two. And from what I see, super awesome chicks. Yeah, yeah. Never heard an unkind word. And no. their legacy lives on. I mean, you wouldn't, but also, I mean, you would. People would, you know, the truth would come out like, actually, I didn't really like her or whatever. Yeah, I guess there would be some, some kind of something, negativity but there, there is none. So, but, yeah. No. Should we get, get to, let's get down to business and then we'll get to the good stuff. Do it. Give okay. me the business. Uh, so, Michael and Carly actually was originally known as Please Pick Up the Phone. And also, it was known as A Letter to Michael and Carly from a High School Friend. Um, That's super cute. I like the letter from Michael and Carly, but I think Michael and Carly, it's solid. Oh, yeah. No, back then, Weezer wasn't doing elaborate song titles. True. Well, I mean, Undone. The Sweater Song. The Sweater Song. Dash. Undone Dash, Um, the Sweater Song. Yes, that's its name. That's its title. Uh, So it originally came out officially on the Undone Sweater Song single, but it's also track number one on the Blue Album Deluxe CD. Which we have, right? Everyone has that? Disc two, disc of course. Song one, disc two. Yeah. Yes. Because disc one is just the Blue Album. I'm yeah, the assuming. B-sides on the deluxe editions are in the order that they were released on the singles that they were released on. So it was, oh. the, it was the first B-side after Undone on the single version of Undone. Okay. Carl is a great archivist. Ar- what? Ar- archivist. Carl, Carl, Carvist. You, you, you try to say Carl and archivist. <laughs> Carl You'll do better than I did, Pirate. trust me. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it is Rivers Cuomo Song Chronology Number 144, released June 24th, 1994. Um, I wasn't sure if it w- where it was recorded because I couldn't really find a solid – I got different answers where I went, and it says N.A. on Weezerpedia, which is weird. For where it was recorded? Yeah. Well, the so B-side must have version been recorded wherever the Undone single was, right? Well, the single version of Undone is just the album version. Are you sure? One hundred percent. Unless you got so the then radio it must promo have been CD. Recorded at Electric. Well, not the version that appears as a B-side. They did record a version during the Blue Album sessions that they weren't happy with. Right. And then we got the B-side version later. So it would stand to reason that whoever recorded that group of B-sides, who I think we're going to talk about, I wonder if they recorded it at his studio. Recorded it at Paul Deere's then. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Um, it is two minutes and 53 seconds long. Just perfect, by the way. The label is Geffen and status officially released demo circulating. And it's on the Australian retail CD of Undone, UK retail CD, cassette and which you have, which one's the green one? The green one is the Australian version, which okay. came in a cardboard sleeve, and the UK one is in a slimline jewel oh case. Gosh. I have the UK. Sorry. Um, I need the Australian one. You don't. It has the same songs on it. No, it I doesn't, know, but I just actually. Need it. You just need to have all of them. Yes. Okay. Well, well, and it's green. How cool is that? It's too perfect. I know. Um, 
the demo version that you uh-huh. mentioned, I yes. cannot find it. I assume it's somewhere, but I've never heard it. And I tried to find it for the show, but I couldn't. Wouldn't it be on Dust of False Metal or is that, which one is that? That's the one they recorded during the main Blue Album sessions. Okay. So that's a finished version that sounds like it could have belonged on the Blue Album at the time. I also briefly tried to find the Black Market Flowers version because I wanted to hear it, but. Which is not the Weezer recording, but their own song called Michael Michael and Carly. Carly. And I wanted to hear like the other song written for michael and carly i couldn't find it either so that's annoying we'll have to think well which is weird considering i'll do a deep dive i know i'll do a deep dive and i'll find it it wasn't on spotify which is where i looked but i didn't really try super hard to find it so wonder if i can find it i did order the michael and carly tribute cd but then they canceled it on me so that sucks um and according to weezerpedia it Its live debut was in summer of 96, Hollywood. And I guess um, they surprised them. That would be the coolest surprise on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rivers wrote it. Rick produced it. Rivers does lead guitar, harmonica, and lead vocals. Yeah, not me, by the way. Rick O'Case produced it. <laughs> but if anybody gets confused and commits to their memory that I did, good, because I did. <laughs> uh, Brian on the rhythm guitar and backing vocals. Matt on bass and backing vocals. Pat on the drums. And special mention, Paul DeGeer is the engineer. I believe I have found the Black Market Flowers version. No way. No, this is called Kenny and Cleo. Why is it so hard to find this song? I don't think it exists. It does exist. It came out on two of their CDs. Let's see. And it's called Michael and Carly? Yeah. Man, not easy, but that's okay. We like Weezer's version better anyway. All two of them. (laughs) Paul DeGeer... Owns and operates Paul and Mike's recording in Burbank, California. There's a picture of him right there. He looks like a nice guy. He does. He looks like everyone's grandpa slash uncle that has really cool stories about famous rock stars. Uh, well, Paul is actually the one on the left. No. Yes. Really? Yeah. He's not the old Santa looking dude? No, that might be Mike. Actually, oh. I don't know who that is. It might be Mike, but Paul's on the left. I've, yeah. I've had this... Uh, image in my mind of him of the santa claus version of the guy recording okay. the b-sides just like this pleasant older gentleman like <laughs> you young rock musicians sure sound great i sure do like this michael and carly song you sound Good like lovely young ladies ribs. that's so funny <laughs> I, the, the assumptions that we make um paul has worked with weezer that dog uh the boss joe walsh kenny loggins and bad religion so those are all kind of a mishmash of people yeah, you yeah, know, producers can work with anybody, but that definitely speaks to the time in which that guy was active. I want to be a producer. It's fun. And working with artists to help yeah. shape their material. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that, but, you know, I'll try. Did you know he was a sound engineer on Swingers? Like, like for the soundtrack or did he do the sound on the film? It says he did the sound on the film. Oh, fancy. That means yeah. he's multi-talented. Yeah, he's done he's done a lot of um, m- movies, I think. He does everything. He does it all. 
Paul knows Paul knows how to do everything. Paul know I don't know. So as we often do, we reach <laughs> out to the audience and hope one day to hear from you. Um, the black market flowers, even YouTube and Google can't find a version of Michael and Carly. But there is a song called Kenny and Cleo. Hmm. So I don't understand the disconnect here. Um, I know we fired, um, who's our, Janice, who is our dictation person? Joan. We could ask Joan. Carl. We, f- we fired Joan, but Carl, if you're listening, did Black Market Flowers actually do their own song called Michael and Carly, inspired by the titular sisters? They did. It is, doc- it is well documented. And Black Market Flowers also played at the tribute concert to them. I am confused. Well, one day. Maybe one day we'll hear it. We already, we already talked about how it was called Please Pick Up the Phone. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Why? I don't get it. I wonder. It must have been totally different. He rewrote Please just, Pick Up the Phone. Just ask yourself how often you make that face and say, <laughs> I don't get it when it comes to rivers. And then yeah. that's your answer. Who knows? I want to hear Please Pick Up the Phone. And then I want to hear Michael and Carly and see... I wonder if the version that was recorded during the Blue Album sessions was titled one of those alternative titles, and it became Michael and Carly later, just for the B side. Because yeah. just because well, the yeah, Blue that's Album exactly version, what happened. the Blue Album version, of course, got released on Death to False Metal because things need to be as confusing as possible. Uh, <laughs> it's available on the vinyl and the digital version of Death to False Metal. Uh, that could have been called "Please Pick Up the Phone" way back then, and who knows? Because yeah. they weren't happy with that version. That's why they re-recorded it with Paul later. Um, so the story is that Rivers surprised them. He kept calling them and saying, Hey, uh, where'd you go to school? And they're like, uh, I went to like a bunch of different schools. And he's like, okay, well, you know, what's one of them? And they're like, okay, we'll send hi, I guess. And then they're like, he's like, okay, thanks. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later. And they're like, all right, talk to you later. And then he called again, like the next day he's like, what street did you live on when you were younger? And they're like, uh, I don't know, Eagle Court? And he's like, oh, okay, thanks. Talk to you later. And they're like, what the F? And then um, Rivers and the band, they were like, hey, Michael and Carly, we're having a show tomorrow. You got to come. And they're like, okay, yeah, we'll see you then. You have to be there for sure. Like promise, promise to come to this one. And they're like, okay. And then when they get there, they do the song for them. And can you imagine like your favorite band writing a song and singing your song to you? And their names don't appear in the lyrics right away. So you'd be like, oh, this is a cool new Weezer song. I wonder what album this is going to be on. And as soon as they said Wilson High, you're like, oh, Rivers, you think, get out okay, of here. Okay, maybe he put that detail in. And then when they, when Weezer says your names. You die, right? Yeah. Like, But this is, of course. So sweet. A testament to the influence they had on Weezer fandom. You know, they stoked the fire along with Carl of the the group love of Weezer. Yes, yes. Um, um, I, I would like to make a, a, a I would like to share a thought that I had while you're talking about the way in which Rivers wrote this. Mm-hmm. Do you notice the similarity between Michael and Carly and Mexican Fender in that Rivers co-opted details of something? that really happened and experiences in his life, but then made a narrative song surrounding them. Mexican Fender and Michael and Carly have the same 
construction. It's a story, but it's not. It's got details from real life, from his rich experiences, but the story of my two best friends and the hat and the teacher and all that stuff. That's not real. That's not literal. Yeah. It's nice to know that Rivers is that consistent. Makes me like Mexican Fender more. Yes. Well, and it just, I don't know. Maybe, you know, that's how, that's his way of like working through songs. Yeah, it's pretty He's got to have some kind of story to tie it in. Like he likes putting that kind of stuff in it, you know? Yeah, I've always felt that as he goes on, his songs would get a little more narrative-based because how much personal trauma and history can you draw from as you get older? I feel like you'd want to do that less and less. Well, that's why I think the songs are getting happier. Yeah. Because they're happy and there's no, not a lot of angst. There's more, it's more like frustration that I hear sometimes. Let's talk a little bit about Michael and Carly. Yes. As peeps. Well, they are fan club members one and two. Um, they actually became active fans of Weezer in the early nineties. They were, they went to a lot of shows and they were fans, I guess, of just, you know, music back then. So they so go was check this out prior to the release of the blue album. Were they going to shows back when Weezer was oh, yeah. just start? That's incredible. Yeah. They were like from the beginning fans. Um, Maybe they were in the audience the same time as Scott, because remember Scott saying that be. he was at those early shows and knew these guys are going to be amazing. Yeah, and they weren't doing that great, and but they saw something in them and they really liked them, and they, you know, offered help. Um, Spread the word. Weezerpedia says you know kind of re- relates them or equates them to Carl in that they were just like kind of chill. They never. Um, so Michael and Carly were considered to be like Carl? Yeah, they were grounded. They um well, that's the word in Weezerpedia. They were I guess down to earth. They weren't about Weezer because they were like getting famous. They just genuinely always liked the music from the beginning and became friends. So they, they were just friends. I don't think they could have done what they did for the band if it didn't come from a place of Love. Genuine love. Yeah. You know? They weren't just promoters. They were, it's like telling, you know, you're telling all your friends about this really, really, really cool person you met the other day and you want them to be part of your group and have everyone be happy and together and share all your stories and see how great they are. Yes. That's who they were. And yeah, they, love to have um, met them. I guess they offered to help send out lyrics and just help with like stuff, like whatever, you know, like on the Blue Album, there was a, a mailing address so people would write and say, Hey, I want to know the lyrics to undone. And so they were like, Hey, do you want to like send out the lyrics to this guy? Cause he's asking for it. And they were like, sure. Oh my God. I they wonder who flyers. has copies of those lyrics. Were they responsible for like the fan club communications at the beginning? Yeah. They, they created the fan club from like scratch. Like they like made a fan club out of nothing because they saw, a they saw a need and they were going to like give it to him. Uh, let's see what else. Michael is actually the voice on Undone, the sweater song. She's the one talking one? to Carl in the beginning. Like, my friends don't really want to go. Can I get a ride? That's Michael. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that. You didn't? No. How do you not know that? I just never dug in. I don't know. That's why I'm doing a podcast. How cool is that? Well, because for that song, they were going to, um, they were going to have like sounds and, or like recording from a different what is it, TV show or something? And then they couldn't get the rights and they were like, what should we do? And it ended up just being talking and they were like, who wants to talk? And it ended up being like Carl and Matt and Michael. 
So yeah. Um, let's see what else. Five years to date from their first Weezer show ever is when they passed. Um, the story is they were kind of caravanning with Weezer on their tour and after Colorado show. Yeah. After a show in Colorado and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's when it was really late. They were tired. They, nobody knows really what happened, obviously, because it was just them. They crashed into a car and all three, um, Michael Carley and their little sister, Trista passed away. And the next day the band was like, Hey, where's Michael and Carly? That's super weird. And trying not to worry. And then they found out. They still did a couple shows. Felt weird about it. Um, so that's the story. No, this song did not come out bef- after they passed. It came out before. I always felt, without you know having any better knowledge, that it did. Because the song has a quality to it of remembrance, you know, know. especially it's in the past tense in the, in the obvious sense, but it's kind of a weird, I always thought of like the school bus came and took them away was not a literal thing. Like, Oh, they got hit by a bus, but rather I just thought it was this metaphorical. My friends have gone and aren't coming back. I, the fact that it's written before makes it, uh, a less, um, creepy in arrears, uh, mm-hmm. a little less mournful, but just more beautiful. I love mm-hmm. this song. I love, I love everything about it. Uh, it's sweet. The harmonica, they toned it down. We listened to the original version, and it's super rocky. Yeah, a little bit, much crunchier. Um, the harmonica is a little more sparse. Is there harmonica? Did you know the original version had a banjo in it? The original, original version? Yeah. Like had, one we haven't heard? I don't know. It had a banjo. Oh, man. I didn't hear a banjo on that one. That you Would played. that we lived in a world where we could hear all these recordings. Uh, Carl? Do you have the original version with the banjo? I'm sure he does, but I assume Rivers has that on lockdown. Um, do do do. So after they passed away, they had to do a tri- or they did a tribute show where Weezer played with Black Market Flowers and that dog. August fifteenth, nineteen ninety seven. It was at the Palace in Hollywood. Have you ever been there? No. I don't go to a lot of shows. It's not the Palace anymore. It's something else. Is it a van store? No. It's still a venue, but they renamed it. And uh-huh. I am very upset about it. I, I've i only known it as the Palace, and I feel like it should have stayed that name forever. So therefore, who cares what it's called now? Yes. Not the Palace. Not the Palace is not what it's called is, now. Yeah, exactly. But it's still the same thing. I mean... Uh, it's a very popular venue. I saw a lot of bands there. There's a club on the weekends when it wasn't being a concert venue. Um, if you're from LA, you know what I'm talking about. So you explained to me that they originated the fan club, but after they passed, what happened to the fan club? Because I remember when it restarted for everything will be all right in the end, it was a big commemoration. Let's get it up and running again. Did did it run for a while after they passed away? I think that they started, or they it started a couple times, but afterwards, Carl and Michael's roommate, which I should have made a note of, but I didn't, tried to keep it together, and they got four more zines. 
so it didn't last too long afterward. It no. must have been very hard to keep going. I mean, well, if it's something that you aren't, Carl had like a job already with them. Like yeah. they were tour, so busy. I wonder and though, it's a the, lot. If the emotional aspects had anything to do with it, I mean, it'd be very, very tough to continue doing that kind of work, especially with the memory of them. You know, you want to keep it going, but the first if, if it can't one, be as good as yeah. it was when they were alive, maybe no. they felt. I mean, who knows why? We're I'm conjecturing completely. It, it for sure wouldn't be the same, and I I. Don't and I remember thinking it's not the same. It's just not the same. Nothing could them. be. Yeah. After such a trauma, it'd be the first one back. Uh, it, it was actually a tribute one, and there's pictures of it in the omnibus, and so you can you can read the tribute one. It was number eleven, and if it, I think if I remember correctly, they came out biannually. I think every other year. Every other. Or every six months. Every six months. So twice a year. Biannually, I think, is every two years. So. Oh, okay, whatever. That's, that's, I mean, that'd be a terrible fan club. We'll be back with you eventually. <laughs> maybe. Every, and not this year, but next year. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it depends on how we feel. Uh, so they tried to keep it going and it just didn't, it could, they couldn't. So <laughs> it kind of fizzled out, unfortunately. So I see also that they inspired the song Hear You Me by Jimmy World. Yes, which I did not know. Um. Knowing if I mean if that is the case, and it was uh, inspired by their loss or their their effect or existence, I that is a heart crushing song. Is it? I've never. If you've heard never it. heard "Hear You Me" by Jimmy Eat World, it is a very slow song, um, beautiful guitar, and it's uh, one of the lyrics is on "Sleepless Roads the Sleepless Go." May angels lead you in. Aww. Hear you, me, my friends. It is a heartbreaker. It's directly in the middle of Bleed American. I wonder if they, well, they must know the story. Are Jimmy World friends with Weezer? I think they might have toured together, and they were certainly enormous on the radio at the yeah, same time. Familiar. So they would have bumped into each other all the time because you had the middle playing on the radio at the exact mm-hmm. same time as Hashpipe. For eternity, I, I feel like they still play. They still play both of those. Yeah, all the time. they'll they'll never stop. Um. So. Uh, Michael and Carly actually wasn't played for a long time after the benefit show. That's completely understandable. And the next time that they played it live was on the Weezer cruise. So that is like very appropriate. That's like a homecoming. Yeah. And very sweet. And the whole band played and I should have watched it, but I didn't. Uh, But I will. You should have. Mm -hmm. I I have a little bit of a hear you me. Have you never heard the song by Jimmy World? No, I haven't. Oh, wow. Here, take a, take a gander. Very beautiful song. There's no one in town, I know. Hmm. And it proceeds like this throughout, and it's... Ooh. It's nice. No one in town that I know. You gave us some place to go. I never said thank you for that. Wow, this really could very much be about them specifically. Maybe. Touring, I mean, it just says that it was touring, inspired. Well, in a way, if you think about it, you're a touring musician. You get all these cities where you don't know anybody, but Michael and Carly bring, not to Jimmy World, but to Weezer, a, a group of fans that, you know can make every stop feel like home. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Amazing song. Um, 
What else is I going to say? Oh, Weezer dedicated the Green Album to them. Did you know that? No, I didn't. That's nice. That's And that makes perfect sense, yeah. Is that the first one after? No, it wasn't. What year did they pass away? 97? Yeah. Yeah, that's the first album. Afterwards? Yeah. I don't remember. Because huh. it was Pinkerton in 96 Why and then I the Green like... Album in 2001. Okay. Um, I read, and I don't know if it's true... That at the funeral in Oregon, Carl put two Weezer hats on their casket. Stop it. That's what I read. I don't know if it's true. That's according to the Wayback Machine um, web archive of the uh, In Loving Memory website that they had for Michael and Carly. But I read a story there and, and somebody said that that's what happened so that's so nice even if it's not true i'm just gonna pretend it is because it's yeah. way too beautiful well it like gives you like a little visual of carl you know placing gently placing the hats and everyone you know now i'm hearing it set to hear you me by jimmy world <laughs> i got Aww. those two things happening in my head at once and i'm gonna cry so that just the history on top of all the wonderful things that everyone has to say about them it just seems like they were like just super nice, normal chicks. I know they were nice to me when I took a picture with them. They were yeah, totally fine. Before the show today, Rachel was showing me uh, pictures, and one of them is of Rachel, Michael, Carly, and Carl. Yeah. And everybody just looks so dweeby, geeky, and happy. Like, yay, we're at this Pinkerton show. Yeah. Oh, my God, new Weezer. Yeah. It looks Michael like and such Carly a fun are wearing time. My matching outfits. It's That's adorable. They, they have, do. like, matching black satin jackets red t-shirts and jeans yeah what a cool time i'm so jealous it was it was cool i i love my memories in there and you will always have them and yeah. now you get to share them with everybody else yeah so um sorry go ahead and i was just gonna ask you what you like about the song and well i like the, where does it rank for you in the oh I, I like tunes? it i like it a lot it's to me it's a classic and it's all about, I don't know if other songs start with the harmonica, but Not something that about that and that it's acoustic. I really, it's happy. There's it's acoustic nice. guitar. It's sweet. It's just a little sweet little story. Yeah. And we've mentioned this on so many other shows, but River's uh, ability to paint a picture, mm -hmm. very vivid in Michael and Carly. Well, you have a music video going on in your head, right? Like, yeah. he's standing on the side of the road, eating ice cream. The bus is leaving. Little tiny rivers. And he's like, oh, I guess I'll just walk home and be bored all day, you know? I, I remember as a kid, um, I would have like a trinket or like a toy or whatever that a friend gave me. And I, I would get them taken away by teachers a lot. I was not a good student when I was a kid. <laughs> and I always loved that lyric because he's got the hat on his head. And he won't take it off and the teacher takes it away. And I was like, I know just how you feel, the Rivers, <laughs> or whoever the, the little protagonist is in the that song. That happened to me. But I think that song uh, so beautifully and emotionally char characterizes the emotions of like childhood friendships and the yes. quality of a childhood friendship. And how simple it is. I mean, it's just about like hanging out and ice cream and... There's no time passing everything is so immediate and upfront, mm -hmm. and you don't you're not thinking about the future you're just with your buddies just worried about being bored later yeah and like pissed that they have to go to school and you don't 
Yeah, like, but oh. you wouldn't even think of it as pissed back then. You no. Know? Just, It'd just be, be like, oh, sad. Yeah. So thank you, Weezer, for giving us a song that allows us to to reach back into our childhood a little bit. If that if that song, if how I feel about that song, is it all about, is that all the way Michael and Carly maybe made the band feel or made the fan club feel? I, it's just, it's really beautiful. Well, I think it just... It gives you that feeling of like, and I think that maybe the harmonica adds to that of like home, like comfy home, um, happy memory, like, oh, he's, and also when you sing this song, it's kind of like, I'm remembering that time, you know, like. It's almost like you can put yourself in the, the perspective of the singer. Yes. You know, you, your friends were Michael and Carly. Yes. Yeah, or yeah, everyone. It's kind of like the We Are Weezer thing. And just an official thank you to Michael and Carly from the We Are Weezer team, because as we have mentioned ad nauseum, we <laughs> wouldn't be talking to each other without you. It's the vibe and the the community that you created that allowed this podcast to exist at all. So if yeah. you are up there listening, which we hope you are. Um, it's all about you guys. It's all about you guys. So thank you. And today we officially are going to add the tribute to Michael and Carly banner to our website and our picture. Yep. And I don't know. It just kind of makes me sad. Um, and I'm sure it makes them sad too. Like think just like, oh, like you, you're, they're a big piece of the beginning of your start to your career and music and stuff is kind of missing now, you know? So. Yeah. I wonder if they're thought of, you know, by the band as consistently as they are by fans. I'm sure they are. Rivers is a big feeler. Yeah. I assume he thinks about him from time to time. Uh, I'm sure they do. Yeah. I wonder if Lisa knew them. Lisa fan club, Lisa. Mm -hmm. Perhaps we should ask her one day. I know. Well, I, she's so busy though. She doesn't, she doesn't get back to me. Well, I mean, she's like the den mother of the Weezer fan club. Plus, now. she has like a real job and I don't know how family. Just wrangling the comment section of the Facebook page is a thing or two. <laughs> like she's so funny. Her full time job, her first full time job, is telling everyone not to curse, and then she's got to make and to be nice to each other. Yeah, be nice, don't curse. I have to make badges. Go to bed. <laughs> we love you, Lisa. If you're listening, yes. Um. So yeah. A little bit about the fan club part. It started in 94. Um, They would arrange get-togethers before shows, kind of like how people do now on the Facebook page. They would make, um, well, they made the Weezine. They were doing the t-shirts, hats, stickers. So is the Omnibus a collection of the material that they created? Yeah. So it's really the Weezer Omnibus is by Michael and Carly. Yeah. It's not just a compilation of material from the time. It's stuff they generated. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's all of the Weezines. I'm definitely going to pick this up. Lots of writing, pictures, stories. Um, They handmade all of, like, I I think they told you to send in two pictures of you. And one they would give, make your um, membership card out of. And the other one they put on this sheet and that's how they kept track of all the members and so when you would renew they would take your old picture and put it on there and from this way back machine the people that wrote it it's like um aol girl 
five or something. <laughs> and um, who's the other guy? Hey, are you on AIM? <laughs> well, there's there's the two people, and they had the Weezer fan club numbers. So I looked up. I think it was like Astro Boy ninety five. I don't know. I looked him up, and it's not. It's a drawing. So he didn't send in his picture. Aww. But he made a blog about the Michael and Carly benefit show. So can we have a link to that up to the site? There's for sure going to be a link up on the site and some pics from it that I, so you don't have to like, cause it's the way back machine. So it's a little bit, do you remember when you wanted to see a picture back in the day, it was a link and you had to click on the link and open the picture and then go back and it would and then load click on the link one and open the, line at a time. You could only look at one picture at a time. They didn't have like, you couldn't just have like a bunch of pictures on a page like we do now. Right. The architecture of the internet couldn't handle it. It yeah. was broken back then. Yeah. So that if you want to do that, go ahead and do that on the site. Otherwise, I'll, I'll put a couple of the good ones on ours and I'm, I'll obviously give them their cred. And um, it's the history. So I don't even know if you know I could ask them. But remember, I think it was like 116. It was something low. So very early days, we remember. Yeah. Um, we'll try to so, reach out to this person. Yeah. You know, as we as we wrap up song discussion, um, a couple of last things. One, we're not rating this song. As we said in the intro, it's easily a 4,487,991 out of 17. Mm-hmm. It's just too good. It's beyond reproach. And plus, it's Michael and Carly, and you just, we're not, we're not going to, they don't need a rating. And I, I just want to, as a person who wasn't around for the original fan club, but has been listening to Weezer since that time, but of course too young to interact with other fans. Mm-hmm. I think. The I don't do other people love other bands like this? Like are there a group of Springsteen fans who are this nuts? I don't know. I mean there must be, but, but I feel like the love that fans have for Weezer is truly unique among bands. And I think fans. so too. Yeah. I think it's definitely different no. because they had such an early following. And a wholesome like a like a safe, wholesome following, a nice place to go with nice people who like the same band as you. Yes. You know, and as it's a, a certain kind of person, too, that's going to like Weezer, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, before I did this podcast, I, I had so many worries because most of the fans that I interact with are tremendously negative. And I thought it'd be kind of an uphill battle. I thought I'd be arguing with you about why stuff is good, but... You know, we're all kind of patting each other on the back with this show because we really love the band and we want to portray the love we have for the band, not what we don't like. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I found that it's much easier than I thought it would be well, because good. I've met a really great group of people. And I feel like at least as the feeling is concerned or the vibe, I maybe I know what it felt like to be a fan back in 1994 and five and six. It is very like similar. Like, don't be afraid to feel nerdy about it. I, I let it. I've let it go now. I don't feel nerdy about whatever I want to say or put yeah. on the, the Facebook page. I just go for it. Cause yeah, I don't know, but good stuff. Yeah. And you don't need us to tell you that. Yeah. But thanks for letting us tell you. Um, we should probably do our interview with Eli. Yeah. We are going to interview next. Our very first fan club person. Our first interview outside, yeah. outside of the, the crew. Yeah, no, I'm pretty excited uh, as we go on to talk to more fan club members because I'm still startled at just how different the entryway into Weezer is for everybody. Like, I just kind of assumed that you started with the Blue Album no matter what. But no, Amy 
bucked that trend. Yeah. And I think, well, I... And Eli... No, Eli started with the blue, so he did not. But he likes Pinkerton, too. But we'll get there. We'll get there. So we're going to take a break. And uh, when we get back, we will be talking to fan clubber Eli. Yes. Right. Here you, me. Well, today we have a special guest, Eli, from the fan club. And we're just going to chit-chat, say hi. Yeah, we're going to get to know questions. another new fan clubber. What's your fan club number, Eli? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've gotten one. You don't have your card? Don't feel guilty. Neither do I. No. And I signed up back during everything will be all right in the end. My husband, <laughs> I joined. I just joined my husband and his number's like 5,000 something. So there's oh. a lot more fans than there are people on the Facebook page. I, I wonder if when I get my number, will it be the number that I would have received when I signed up? I don't know. That's a good question. You should do it. I'm going to find out. Send a self-addressed stamped a v- envelope with picture. But Eli, welcome. Yes. We're so glad to have you. Yeah. How are you today? Yeah, thanks for ha- I'm I'm good, guys. How are you? Good. Wonderful. Um, Well, why don't we start with, tell us how you got into Weezer, that that awesome story that I read, I want to know firsthand what made you get into them in the first place. Um, well, like what made me really get into the band uh, first in the first place was uh, about two years ago, I was hanging out with um, some of my friends um, and like we were in the car and we were driving around and they started playing uh, saying ain't so on the radio. Uh-huh. Um, and they asked me, they were like, and like I was like, what the hell? I was like, what is this? It's like I never heard this before. And they're like, like you haven't heard this? It's like this Weezer. It was like, this is Weezer. And what was year like, was this? Only, uh, this was just like two years ago. What? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, wow, this is this is uh, the only Weezer I remembered was like Beverly Hills and Island in the Sun from when I was a kid. Uh huh. And those were the only songs I remember. And I was like. Like my mind was blown. Like I was like, "Wait a minute!" Because you're like, "This is this nothing is like that." So good. It's different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just uh, we listened to it for a while, and like we sung along to it and stuff. And um, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't stop listening to it. So like after I got home, um, I went and I searched, you know, Weezer and the Blue album because that's what they, that's what the album was off of. I found it, found out. <laughs> Did you and listen then, to it, um, like, beginning to end? Yeah, I listened to it from beginning to end. I was like, holy crap, what the heck is this? This is epic. Yeah. So I I listened to it for, um, like, almost every day for about a week. And, That's so uh, awesome. And, yeah, I feel uh, like everybody up, who loves the Blue Album ends up just spinning it and spinning it and spinning it and mm-hmm. spinning it. Yeah, it's it's just so good. So what was it about Sadie and So that you liked? Like what gotcha? Um I mean, it's just like the the dark lyrics and everything and like how what like what Rivers was talking about and I was like and then like the built like how it built up. Yeah. Um into that that epic guitar solo. Yeah. Um that was like that's that's like probably that's my favorite part. Me too. Or those those things are my favorite parts of that. Mm. So did your friends already know Weezer? 
Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, they weren't like huge fans or anything, but they they just like loved that song. Um, and we would, uh, it was like kind of like a song that we all like love, so we we play it. And um, my friend, he was he's a pretty good guitarist. Um, and he was like practicing it with his girlfriend, and she's like she sings, and uh, like we practice it together like as a group of friends for like a few months. Oh, do and, you play? Uh, do you went, play an instrument? I wish. <laughs> um, I tried to learn guitar um, in high school, but that didn't work out. I think so, we all tried to learn guitar in high school. I, right? I, I wanted to learn yeah. guitar, too, because I loved Green Day. I had friends buy me, like, guitar tab books, and to this day, they just sit yeah. mostly I, uh, unopened. I never learned either. I wanted to learn drums because I was obsessed with Ringo, so I wanted to be a drummer. And plus, I don't know, drumming's cool. Yeah, the I drummer is always the coolest. Turns out drumming's really hard. Mm. Turns out you need to have a special kind of brain. I can't <laughs> yeah. even move my f- hands and feet independently yeah. of themselves, let it's alone crazy. even attempt to play. Um, so, <laughs> so that leads us to your favorite song. We must know. Yep. Which uh, is my. F- it has to be "Say It Ain't So." Yeah. Y- yeah, that's that's a good. Yeah. One. It was the first song that you know. That w- I mean, it's the song that got me into the band in the first place. So. It, you know, it's always going to have a special place in my heart. Oh. And I'm always going to love that. Yeah. Yeah. There's true. something very powerful about the things that we encounter when we're younger, like the first things. They say that um, mm. it's like a matter of brain chemistry, that mm. whenever you have really strong first experiences, experiences with something when you're young, it's like written in fire on your brain. And that's why when you grow up, you always think that new stuff sucks. It's, it's only because it's not giving you the same feeling. So, Eli, I don't know how old you are, but when you're 35 and some young guy's like, here, listen to this really crappy EDM music, you'll be like, music is terrible. But he'll feel the same way about it that you did about Say It Ain't So. Yeah. But really, yeah. the music these days, not so much. I mean, I don't know. You can take yeah. it or leave it. Yeah. Um, so does that mean that the Blue Album is your favorite album? Um. Not quite. I mean, it's kind of like a toss-up between Blue and Pinkerton, but um, I kind of like Pinkerton a little bit, a little bit more. Um, and I didn't, I didn't hear that until like maybe a few months after I listened to Blue. You had to get Blue under your belt, and then you're like, okay, I'm ready to move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and I and I remember like I I would see stuff like online because I I just watched a lot of stuff like you know YouTube videos and stuff. Uh-huh. And I would see like, you know, songs from like Pinkerton. And I was like, I looked at all their other albums, like just the cover, the cover art. And I was like, this looks a lot different. I was like, I wonder what this is. And then I start listening to it. I was like, man, this is like, it's like, is everything that they do is like so much different than, you know, green and, you know, stuff they, like that. They and, do definitely change styles through the years. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I have a, a question for you then. If Blue and Pinkerton are your favorite, is there anywhere that you put your foot down? Anything you uh, don't <laughs> care for? Uh, I mean, I guess I mean I, I'd be like everyone else and probably say gratitude and make believe. But I mean, make believe. I like what's wrong with make believe? <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I like I like the songs off make believe. Like I like. Wait, and everyone three. else. There's other people that don't like make believe. Oh my god, there's legions of people who hate make believe. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I'm I'm not one of those people that like just like 
craps all over like make believe in all these albums like i like i legitimately legitimately like um we are all on drugs and it's a fun um, tune what else uh, i mean obviously uh beverly hills yeah uh it's make just, believe which i don't have in front of my face but that's one of my tops like that's really up there well it's got yeah. uh this is such a pity hold me pardon me those. haunt yeah. you every day freak me out girl you really freak me out that song's about a spider <laughs> whatever what else have you got for us eli <laughs> um like on like what i don't care for <laughs> no no just uh like... general um oh where tell us your story about when you went oh, to go yeah. see them in St. Augustine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I went and saw saw them um, in St. Augustine. I think it was about three months ago. Um, it was like the second show of this this tour. Is that the um, one where there was all the bugs? No. Uh, it was... No, that was a different one. It, um, the one that we went to was like pouring down rain like right, yes. like the, like right when it started. And... Like before the show, we saw Pat. Like he came out. Oh yeah, it rains like every day. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. being funny. I had family that lived in Titusville. I spent a summer there once, and it's just always uh, wet. Yeah, no yeah, fun. It's always humid and hot, but um, yeah. So we was saw it a hot? Pat. It was a hot rain because it's hot right now, right? It was only a couple months yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, it was hot, but I mean, it it did cool off a little bit, but um whenever the rain came and like after it was over it got really muggy so it was still hot but with um, all those people so yeah there was tons Ugh. of people and we were all cr- cramped like at the you know at the, the front pit, so i heard you were at yeah. the front which is like the pl- yep. the best place to be yeah that's like i mean it was worth it it was worth it being up there waiting like 4 hours how was the set list for that show when was this um it was, I mean, I think it was like, I July? can't really, like, yeah, it was like June. Okay. I think. Yeah, June. Um, and that and was your second was, Weezer show, right? Yeah, that was my second. And my first one was the uh, Panic at the Disco, you know, tour mm-hmm. um, for the White Album last year. That was a lot of fun. I got to see that show in Santa Barbara, and I loved how respectful Panic was. Obviously, the more notable band mm-hmm. is like no 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 weezer will close out the show because he's as big a fan <laughs> yeah. of them as we are yeah it's really uh it was really cool to see them both but you know they they pay, they paid their respects to weezer like all right guys you guys can close the show you guys deserve it yeah panic put on a hell of a show too especially given that brendan mm-hmm. is the only member left he's really carrying all that weight himself pretty remarkable mm-hmm. yeah well so and Go ahead. Oh, oh, um, I was just gonna say, uh, the first show was really good, and like I'll always remember it since it was my first Weezer show. But the second show was just so much more awesome since I, um, me and my brother we were sitting uh, or standing up front, like right in front of Scott and Rivers, and um, like Scott, like there was some kid next to us, and he was like yelling at Scott the whole time. He's like, "Hey, Scotty, <laughs> Scott," and, and he was that and, guy. Yeah, and he was like, and Scott was like looking at us the whole show, and he was like, you know, 
saying like talking to us and then he came over like well i forgot what it was playing um i think it might have been the sweater song was he jamming out in front of you yeah yeah he was jamming out and he walked out in front of us and he put his leg up on the thing and like was playing like right in front of us did you touch his leg like hi did you violate his personal (laughs) space eli no 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 i didn't do that um but you know it was just it was just real cool to be you know that up close and like kind of interact with the guys yeah yeah because he you know when they look at you and you're like a person you know it's like oh scott looked at me (laughs) i have a picture with scott and he was nice he told me uh, that my hair smelled good. <laughs> he said, I got to get home to the kids. And I said, oh, me too. And uh, took a picture really quick. And he was really nice. I feel like the the consensus well, is Scott is the nicest of nice people on the planet. Yeah. Well, uh, Eli. What else were we going to... Oh, any thoughts on Michael and Carly, Eli? Yeah. Are you familiar yeah. with that song and... Do you care for it? You must. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I really like it. And um, I've I've listened to it for quite a while. Um, I, fa- I've, um, I started listening to it like a little bit after I finished um, the uh, Blue Album. And I listened to the, the Deluxe Blue Album. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's like really awesome how, you know, they, they were with the band like even before, you know, the first album, like whenever they first got started. And they stayed with them that whole time because, you know, they were like, um, if it wasn't for them, you know, we wouldn't have had, you guys already said it, we wouldn't have had the fan club. And, um, you know, they just did so much for the, they were a big inspiration for the guys. And um, I just think it was a really cool song. Uh, and it was, and it's kind of weird to hear it and hear that it was written before they, you know, passed away. Um and it's kind of it's kind of weird to hear that, but um, yeah, I really it, enjoy the song. It takes on like a new meaning, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it yeah, it's it's yeah, it's different. I'd like to believe that if Michael and Carly were still with us, that they would have supported the band uh, as ardently uh, now as they did then. Oh yeah, you know, oh yeah. They we all we all would have loved Hurley like, Ratatouille a lot more. You know? <laughs> Maybe there would be no Ratatouille or Hurley if Michael and Carly were here because they would have been like, uh, guys. <laughs> They'd have you, a controlling uh, interest in the band. Well, I'm sure that they would have. I mean, I don't know. Just like anybody, like Carl and their wives, like they all probably give their two cents or ask them what they think once in a while, don't you think? Probably. But yeah. like so much else in life, you know, it nothing lasts and it occupied a pretty specific and special time. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you think about it, that's only two albums in for them and how many there are now. And to have that impact that lasts yeah, and lasts. Such a lasting impact. Well, Corey, I got to say, it's been nice Corey. getting to know. I Eli. just called you Corey. Oh, <laughs> Welcome wow. to the club, Eli, because uh, you've listened Rick to show, calls me Juliet all I the time. So I mix up names know who all anyone the time. Is. It's because I'm writing volume, trying to read research and talk to two people at the same time. So you're just, what you're hearing is examples of my limited uh, ability to do anything. So what I meant was, Eli, it has been very nice getting to know you. Thank you for coming. Are you going to come back on, Eli? What was that? Are you going to come back on to the show? Yeah, I'd love to. 
What's your second favorite song? Um, my second favorite song? If you can't mm. think of it right now, because I know it's hard when there's a lot of them and yeah. pressure. Um, we'll have you on for that one. Or one that you yeah. don't like. What's one that you don't like? That's easier. It's in the mall. You like your second favorite song is in the mall. <laughs> Where's my sex? Right. Where's your sex, Eli? <laughs> what else is bad? Not Cleo. Well, we just had a Cleopatra, Cleopatra is not bad. You're you are all incorrect. Hold on. Do you like the British is coming? The British are coming. Whatever. Do yeah. you like that one? Yeah, it's awesome. That's a great tune. Gosh darn it. All right, yeah. well, we'll figure it out, and we'll have you on for something interesting to you. Well, happy, how about that? <laughs> happy, happy Sunday, Eli. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. We'll talk um, again soon. Really excited right. that you were able to do this, and we will talk to you soon. All right. Bye. All right. Okay, bye. Bye. Hello, everybody. This is Rick and from Rachel the, and Rachel from the We Are Weezer podcast. And today's garage segment. We're dual garaging it. She keeps saying dual garage, but we're quad garaging <laughs> because all four of your hosts are here. Uh, say hello, everybody. Yay. Hi. Well, Amy and Juliet are here with us. So we're going to use this garage segment to uh, discuss the fan club as it existed in the early days. Uh, Because this is the Michael and Carly episode, we're discussing the originators of that podcast. Uh, But only one of us was there. The fan club? Why do I keep doing that? (laughs) I just don't know English. And I don't sleep. (laughs) They are the originators of the podcast? You know what? They didn't have podcasts. In an emotional sense, they were. They're the reason we're here. But my point is, (laughs) no one on this podcast but Rachel was actually there back in the day. Uh, Which Juliet, trips me out, kind of. Juliet, Amy, and myself all joined in 2014 for the rebirth of the podcast. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys were fans. Juliet was a fan back then, but she yeah. just wasn't in the fan club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Amy is the most recent of us. What do you guys do? You guys know yes. your numbers? I have it in my wallet. I have to go get it. I, I've, well, don't you know, worry I've been about moving, it. Yeah, so you don't I have don't know to do where it, anything. But... Is right now. <laughs> We should put our we'll put our fan club uh, membership cards up on the Juliet is lucky that her socks match right now. (laughs) How's that going, (laughs) Juliet? Are you guys almost settled? Are we what? Are you almost settled in your new place? Oh, um, we're at that like uh, (laughs) we um, you know moved our furniture in two big book case shelves area there you know those things uh could not fit on the stairs so now they're in our um are in uh in our garage and so my husband just had to put everything up like within them and on top of them so he could fit his car in and stuff so we're still getting organized okay (laughs) probably another week (laughs) you're like i can't get my bookcase into my home that sucks nothing better than moving to completely disrupt and destroy a life moving sucks amy how are you moving is the worst what's going on in your world i am yeah how's your weather doing how how, my weather well so i'm in i'm in fort worth and that is we are way north of any business down below yeah. right okay so i mean it is it is hot today it's sunny and hot um 
Is it very dramatic yeah. uh, for you just to be in the same state where that's happening? I oh, mean- absolutely. I was, I have felt pretty helpless and hopeless just watching all the news. So I stopped watching the news and I stopped logging onto any social media because it's just too much to handle at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Do, it's- do you have like a friends or relatives in the area or no? Oh, absolutely. Wow. Well, absolutely. If you're listening to this in the future, it is September 2017 and there's a giant hurricane flooding Southern Texas. Yeah, a lot right of now, a lot of devastation. Harvey. Hurricane Harvey. People Houston. have died. Um, I think when I was watching the news on Friday, they said there was like 83 people dead so far, and that's a lot. But it, the number I seems think it, shockingly low considering the devastation. But that's did, what I was thinking. Amy, did people have time? They knew the flooding was coming just by virtue of the strength of the storm. Well, so here's the thing: they evacuated Corpus Christi, which is farther along the farther south on the Gulf, and mm-hmm. they did not evacuate. Houston because they didn't think the storm would just what what happened is the storm just sat and didn't really move so it dumped like 50 inches of water in Houston because it wasn't moving in or out so they they were not prepared for that they did not predict that to my knowledge wow that is unreal that's just and, terrible and Houston for Houston there. is one of the biggest cities in the country i think it's the largest city in texas so there's no way no way that they were prepared yeah wow that's terrible i'm I'm so sorry for anybody you know there that's suffering this tremendous hardship well uh weezer has a shirt but this is a great segue because weezer put out a a shirt that like can really like we are we stand with texas shirt and of course me being a texan and did a you Weezer order fan, it i immediately oh absolutely like immediately <laughs> i saw it and it's like oh i'm so broke right now but i will absolutely buy this shirt yeah, yeah. It's a i cool got shirt. them for um actually we got them for the whole family even my parents i'm like you're getting this you need to buy one you need to support <laughs> the the people and represent yeah, yeah. Weezer. <laughs> yeah my wife and i were absolutely. thinking about ordering a couple too is it weird that it like mm-hmm. is just a really nice looking T-shirt? I feel like I shouldn't be super excited about the T-shirt considering the context. Well, both. You can be excited about the shirt and happy that you're donating towards cool a good cause. And everything. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm excited about the shirt because it's Weezer in Texas. Right. Yeah, for you, it's absolutely <laughs> yeah, so. perfect. It's the best shirt ever. I'm just I'm gonna wait for my West Side Weirdo shirt and then it'll be Weezer in California and. Then we'll match. Be twinsies. All right. So, <laughs> Rachel. We did go on a tangent. Sorry, guys. That's okay. That's all right. We were not in the fan club. Yes. I, I want to know yes. how many shows you went to. Did you see people in the fan club outside of show situations, or was it always? Um, They had addresses on the zines, and so it was a, a little bit before the internet Although there, the internet was there, it just wasn't widely used by people. So if you wanted to communicate, they would put the addresses on the zines and you could have pen pals. So I had pen pals with people in other countries. 
Um, I was obsessed with England and there's like a British invasion, they call it. Was this because of your love for Blur? Yes. And so I had like a l- weird little thing and I would write to the English people. And actually, that's I how... you guys got like stickers and stuff too. We got stickers. We got a little uh, keychain pull yellow thing with a W on it to put on your keychain. Um, and the zine? Bumper stickers, which... I was at a concert and there was a Weezer bumper sticker. So I took a picture of someone's car with the Weezer bumper sticker just because it had a Weezer sticker on it. Um, <clears throat> what else did we get? I'll, the shirts were – you ordered the shirts through them. And it was like a they drew an order form and you would send in like money or a check and then they would mail it yeah. to you. Like everything was like mail. It was really interesting. <laughs> Um, and they had to plan stuff in advance. So when you were having like a, a get together, it was all on the phone and like flyers that they would send out to people. How many shows did I go to? A lot of shows. And I, every show I could, I went to, um, I didn't get to go to the Michael and Carly benefit show, but I didn't know about it until it happened. Um, and it was too late to go. Um, I did go to a get-together one because I think right after that is when they they passed. I went in December of 96. They passed in summer of 97. So it was like pretty much done. So Amy and Juliet are, are Rachel. Not only is famous for being on the cover of the Good Life single, but she got to hang out with Michael and Carly. Kind of. I mean, I took a picture. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> so you must have spoken to them, right? Yeah. I was like a nerd. I was excited to see them. Like they were like famous to me, kind of, you know? I'll just, I'll show well, you they guys are a famous. picture. Yeah. They are famous for sure. But back then, I feel like you would have seen them at a club and you would have been like normal chicks there, whatever. But I think I felt fancy for knowing yeah. who they were. <laughs> Other bands like emulated the fan club. I mean, that's how I knew, found out about Weezer is through the fan club first. Um, I was into Real Big Fish and, 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 uh, during, you know, in the Orange County scene and in the ska band scene. And, um, they had a fan club and they, for some reason, they, I guess they got my letter or something like that. And, um, the, um, fan club, chick or whoever was running it called me up and then we like had this like hour or two long conversation and she was like oh my god like we got like these ideas from the Weezer fan club and like it was like a big thing so I was like wow so their influence went was like widespread like more than they will ever know how crazy so you had a half hour conversation with the fan club runner of real big fish like of the, the yeah, because that's how you did. <laughs> she right? was like, like a friend on- of theirs or something. How funny! Hmm? It's just yeah, a it that's like a blast from the past. Yeah, real big. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, did. Right? Um, and that was like they're all connected with them. Um, gosh, I can't. Well, obviously, no doubt. And then, um, did they did I have they to, did I have that to, song like, sell out? Uh, real big fish. Yeah, sell out with me. With oh me, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> But see, that makes us posers because we only know that one song. Juliet's like, oh, my God, they have so many better songs. <laughs> That's the hit, yeah. though, I they think. They had a huge, like, you know, a couple of uh, CDs before that, you know, self 
put out or remember like Ani DeFranco and like that was a way back in the 90s and she had this huge thing about putting out her own um, records and that really started the like underground putting out like everyone like self-published kind of thing and stuff but oh cool Weezer doesn't have that problem they had like you know their record album contract so doesn't matter <laughs> yeah they were fancy but yeah the 90s was a huge time of like of doing it yourself kind of thing and putting things out yourself and everything so i'm totally gonna do cool. uh the cover of this uh episode myself i'm gonna like make it with paper whoa and a pen mm-hmm. and i'll scan it and we'll use that as the cover for this episode do, do you guys feel and i'd love to hear each of your thoughts that the interconnectivity that the internet provides has ruined the kind of vibe you could get from a fan community in a way like you could i i don't i don't Um, yeah i I don't think so i think it augments it absolutely and exponentially adds to it actually really because now now like people all around the world can like connect well okay go with me on this then so i guess i should specify On the internet, you have everybody with a voice with everybody else. So not only do you have to hear all of the negative garbage impacting all of the fun stuff. You know, you can't just... Like, if I went to a Weezer meetup in 1996 or whatever, I'm guaranteed that the only people there, it's going to be a love-in. It's going to be fun time for all. Yeah. And I guess I feel that because everybody has a voice, you know, even on the the Facebook page, it's like, I still have to hear how crappy Ratitude is. It's like, can you just not? Because then it's 25 comments of, what do you have to say that for? And, oh, you don't like it? This song is good. And everything is polluted by people just arguing back and forth. And I I long for, I guess I had that that, uh, experience a little bit at the meetup before the memory show. You know, anybody who paid to get that VIP section, we're all there and we all enjoyed it. But I don't know, man. To have that be the regular vibe of the fan community would be great. Yeah. Well, also, well, if you know, just going out um, outside, like going to a physical meetup or whatever, like only the people who really want to go are going to go, you know, so yeah. or who who wants to pay for a meet and greet and stuff. But all those like, you know, negatory people, uh, you know, they aren't going to they aren't going to like take the time to show up. So I think anytime there's like an event like or like um, anything like that, like, you know, uh, I was telling Rachel that I did the. Uh, the video, the music video for Thank God for Girls. That's right. And that was only like, cool. a, um, <laughs> but I that was like a select the... view and it was just a, a really cool vibe. And, and the guys just hang out. They're like, you know, and like Rivers's like wife comes out and the kid comes out and like, we're just hanging out and they're all like intermingling with us fans. It's no big deal. And it's like, it was really cool. Just really laid back and stuff, but they're all like there, you know? Yeah. I love Maybe that, Rivers though. was the only one to like kind of mingle, <laughs> but um, but uh, but it was it was um that loving that you're talking about. I mean, they're all it's all good vibes, you know. Amy, have you had any opportunities to do fan club stuff in Texas? Is there have there been meetups after shows? Uh, no, I have not. I did not know that was a thing until I got added to the Facebook group. Like, uh. I, so I bought my my membership in. Well, whenever everything will be all right in the end came out, I didn't, I didn't even know the fan club really. Well, no, I knew it existed, but I didn't know you could join it. I thought it was like this mythological creature that was just <laughs> magic. If you and caught somewhere. it, you could. Well, when I went to rejoin, <laughs> exactly, exactly, it was exactly. you couldn't. It you clicked it and it went to a right. error 
website, you couldn't join. Uh, I Googled. Exactly. exactly. So. Go ahead. When, um, and it took a while for me to get into the Facebook fan club because my, the email I signed up with is different than the email on my Facebook. Mm. So it took a, it took like a solid year for me to get added to the oh Facebook gosh. group. And then it like took logistically? me. Yeah, log- logistically. They, they, like the emails didn't line up, so they couldn't add me until I finally was just like, who is this? Who do I contact? So I emailed everybody <laughs> that I could and finally got in. Wow. And You're like, then what do I, I got to do to get into this ups. thing that I paid for a year ago? It seems like <laughs> no, it was just like, as hard there. I have a tattoo. There. Come on now. Just let me in. I just want to be <laughs> one of us. That's all I really wanted. <laughs> and then it took me a long time to realize that you could sign up for meet and greets and things like that. Because I didn't, I didn't know they existed. And mm. my my Weezer friend and I, I bought her a membership for her birthday, and she kind of just lurks and doesn't really participate. Mm-hmm. So we we went to the very last How the Edge Stole Christmas here in uh, Dallas, mm-hmm. and we saw people with Weezer shirts, like the fan club shirts, and we were like hey, are you guys meeting up somewhere? And they're like, oh, that already happened. And I was like, what? What does that even mean? It already happened. How did I not know about that? But of course, it's on the pin at the top of the Facebook page. mm -hmm. I don't pay attention to that stuff. But now I do. Now you know. Now I do. And I'm excited for Red Rocks. So I know. I'm excited for you to go to that. That's going to be so cool. Are you still going, Juliet? I would like to. Me and my husband are like figuring it out, but okay. we were just talking about it like literally this morning. So I'm like, well, I mean, maybe I can use like points to pay for the hotel. Like you know, <laughs> what, what I didn't, what I didn't realize was that I bought tickets for Napa, which is the night before the the Red Rocks show. And oh. so my husband is like, why don't we just go to Napa? And I go, no, I want, I really want to go to Red Rocks. So we're we're well, negotiating that, venue, that out. I mean. So. I, I want to take a moment just to say to, I guess, all of us, but to you three especially, because I don't talk to myself that much. Um, I'm really thankful that this band has given us this kind of community. Yeah. That we, And yeah. I'm thankful that I Absolutely. got to know you guys and I get to work with you. I mean, it's, it's really a lot of fun yeah. for me because it is so positive. And the energy and excitement that I feel for, for Weezer is, is found in other people. You know, I mm-hmm. kind of, before I started doing the podcast, I just was like, Nobody else liked Weezer but my wife and my best friend. And it's like hard to be <laughs> so excited about stuff when nobody else is excited about it. So mm-hmm. it's like when you meet other people that are excited, it makes it more fun. It okay. is. So I, I love you guys Absolutely. very much and I'm glad to know Aww. you. <laughs> we love you too. Oh, <laughs> I love you. Yeah. yeah. I went there. I just went all Hello Aww. Kitty. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a question for Rachel. Yes. So how would you compare the fan club in 1996 to now? I'm super curious about that. Mm. I don't, well, I mean, I I feel like we we're all really young. And I think that since Weezer's been around so long that we um, are, have kind of grown up together and with Weezer and as mm-hmm. people. Um 
I think it's about the same. Like we were all nerdy for Weezer back then and we're nerdy for Weezer now. Um, <sighs> it was, and it's all about the music and hanging out. Um, so I think it's pretty much the same. I mean, it has, to me now, it has the same vibe and it's just larger. So maybe not as intimate. And we don't, hmm. I don't know, we don't have get-togethers. We should have just like a get-together, you know? Like, Who was your wing person in back person. then in, in 96? Rachel? What's that? Who's your wing person in 96? Who? Uh, well, in the pictures of in the get-together, that my, I have a friend, Karen, who went with me. Uh, I don't, it, you know, like you guys, it's probably hard to find somebody else who cares that much, but she was just down for the ride and uh, she had fun. Um, That's awesome. I've Actually, been- my Weezer friends are in the Weezer fan club. Like, you know, I've met them in the fan club and like meet them and like what. And so those are, and my husband is like, likes Weezer too, but just not as much as I do. So like um, the Weezer fan club is such a great resource. Kind of thing. <laughs> so, have you been and friends then with one them other since other question, the Rachel, is um, mm-hmm. like which band member did you like meet or talk to the most back then? Like, were they as accessible as they are now? Or actually, I met. The, okay, so I it was like I got my um, signatures from them on the at the Pinkerton show, and mm-hmm. I had a little like no, white note card for school that I asked each one of them to sign their own. So it's in my photo album that way. And they were really nice. They were all really nice. Mm-hmm. Rivers was very cool. Let me take a picture with them. Um, I think maybe back then they were younger and all, and the fans were younger. Like if you see the pictures of the kids were young. So I don't know if they thought we were. So the oh. fans were younger. So, um, the fans were younger. The band was younger. Everybody was younger. And so maybe they were thinking all these kids are here to see us and this is kind of weird, but they were really nice about it and they put on a really cool show. I don't know who I interacted with. I, I was really shy. So I don't think that I would really have like tried to talk to them or anything. Um, did you go uh, back in the day? I know that they played in some small, um, clubs in LA. Did you mm-hmm. go to those like small shows or? I have a set list. Did you only go to the bigger ones? And I don't know. I guess the small club that must have been before the Blue Album or during the Blue Album. I know. I'm trying to think well, of the name. I saw like, them at the Palace. I saw them. I mm-hmm. think I saw them at the Roxy, and mm. that's small. Yeah, that is. Or was it the whiskey? No, it was like I there was. A, I was trying to you think of the name Weezer of the at a venue that tiny. I think so. Oh yeah, God, I for sure jealousy. saw them at smaller places. <laughs> um, the palace is like not big, but not small. It was kind of medium, I would say. It's not like an outdoor thing that makes it big. Um, I went to. I basically saw them anywhere I could, and I don't really remember everything now, though. But I don't know if I saw them at like the beginning, beginning. I only that would have been it was hard. Like, You'd have to have been really in the know. Yeah, I only mm. saw them probably Pinkerton and on. I mean, mm. let's be real. 
if you were there before that first album came out, it would have been a fight between you and Michael and Carla about who gets to run the fan club, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I would have been like, oh, can I help you guys oh, stuff envelopes? Because I'll totally help you. Um, so I guess what I'm gathering here is that there isn't a really big difference in the vibe of the fans, old or new. Weezer, Weezer brings a very specific kind of person. And it's Weezer is forever. Yeah, it is. Well, and I think it's uh, you. We we've all grown up with them now, so it's kind of a different love that you would have after being with somebody for a long time, as opposed to being a brand new band and up and coming. And I'm just joining now, you know. Like they were up and coming and brand new right when I started liking them back in the day. So it's different to come in ten albums in like Eli and yeah. be excited. You know what I mean? Yeah. Speaks to the power of Weezer, though, that he can come in that late and say, oh, no, they're still great. And not just base it off of the later stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, with this, Mm -hmm. our 10th episode, you know, uh, we're going strong and we shall continue. And I think that means we're a thing now, right, guys? 10 episodes, several months. (laughs) It's And uh, I'm excited and I'm glad that all of us do this together. Yeah. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to say before we cut it out? Nope, just looking forward to the next Weezer bat signal. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to Juliet's exploration of the Future Scope trilogy. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Mm. And the mythology of everything will mm. be all right in the end. That's going to be up next. That's going to be fun. Super fun. Well, guys, thank you. Thank you for coming to my garage today. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I guess we'll uh, wrap it up. Yeah, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. To say goodbye. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Which version is that? This is the version that was a bonus track on Death to False Metal. I like it. Which? It definitely sounds different, but I still like it. Yeah, it's just, it's got a whole different, um, just... Vibe. Uh, the whole vibe's different. That It just sounds very different because it was recorded during the same sessions as the Blue Album. Whereas the then version we all... I hear that. Right? Yeah. Isn't it weird how it just kind of fits in? Yeah. But this is apparently was the version they weren't super stoked with. That's why they went on to re-record as that B-side. I like that they toned it down for the the B-side, for sure. Yeah, a little more low-key. It's a little too heavy, you know? A little too much rock yes. for such a sweet song. And the harmonica's a lot. Oh, there's that synth in the background, too. That Weezery synth you'd hear more on Pinkerton. Oh, it disappeared. And, and like his vocal delivery is a little... It's like this. I feel like maybe they recorded this at the end of the day, but still an amazing song. Yeah. Um, so guys, that's our very special Michael and Carly episode. I hope I hope you guys liked it. I hope we did them justice. Because um, there could be a great many of you that just simply don't know what a profound influence they had and, and how that you listening to this podcast, your involvement in the Weezer fan club, it's because of them. Yeah. 
Pretty much. They're the great organizing force in the Weezer lives of all of us. The world would be different if they weren't here to start it off. Yeah. So, for sure. Um, we will be back uh, next week or with two- this episode. Yes. And then we'll have a mini episode. Future scope. And, well, no, not future scope, but on the mythology of everything will be all right in the end with Juliet. And. And then following that, the next song we're going to do. Girl, we got a good thing. Uh, girl, we got a good thing. Weird use of parentheses, uh, parentheses in a yeah. song. Um, well, it's like. Okay. Why can't you just say, girl, we got a good thing? And I feel like it's a play on those old songs that used to do that all the time. You know. Yes. You'd see that, I feel like, in a lot of 80s music. Yeah. Why? Who knows? Who cares? We'll talk okay. about it next time. Um, thank you to Eli, Amy, and Juliet for yeah, we had a full house the craziness. Today. Thank you to Rick for the sound. I love you too, FYI. Oh, yeah. Thank you. It's so much fun. I love um, this. No, I think it's, it's awesome. I can't wait to have our house and have like a little Weezer podcast get together. It's gonna be so fun. Yeah, we're gonna have to do a whole thing. Yeah, like with the fams and the and the spouses and the friends and the kids and the dogs. We should have Weezer flying W shaped steaks. Yes, Weezer cake. Weezer cocktails. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. Man. All right. Well, as always, party. You can find us on social media: uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We are Weezer. You can email us any comments, suggestions, good recipes to weareweezerforever at gmail.com. Yes. Um, and hit us up in the fan club. Did I say club. thank you for the sound? You I did. I remember. Yeah. Okay. But a secondary thank you is nice. Thank you. And a third one? Thank you. <laughs> uh, ah. My favorite co-host Nerd of anything alert. I've ever done. Nerd alert. But uh, as always, <laughs> we love you. Thank you for listening. We are thank Weezer. Thank you for listening. And um, too. thank you, Michael and Carly. And yeah. adios. Look what you gave us. Yeah. Adios. Hello, I believe it.